Well, it's always great to welcome on our friends from Sikkim 365 covering the Baylor Bears. And one of those guys is the co-owner, Ashley Hodge. He covers the Baylor basketball scene as well as anybody. He's on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Ashley, this is the uh, number two team in the country right now. How are you feeling about this Baylor team? And hopefully this is a year where the season doesn't get cut short in the middle of March. Hey, good to be on. First of all, big fan of your work, Pete. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel good about where they are right now. Obviously, they're 11-0. and They've won every game by double digits. I was there in Indianapolis and, and saw them beat Illinois. Uh, and then I, we were looking forward to a good matchup against Gonzaga on Saturday, but the game got canceled right before the game was supposed to tip off. So I would say it's a mixed bag. I mean, they, they've been dominant. They've had most of their high-profile games canceled. You know, Illinois was a big win, top five win at the time. Uh, but now they've had Villanova canceled. They've had Gonzaga canceled. The Texas game at in Waco. Now the West Virginia game in Waco. So the jury's still out. I mean, they, got, they still face the harder part of the conference. They got Texas Tech in Lubbock on Saturday. And then they welcome Kansas to Waco on Monday. And hopefully those two games go on without a hitch. And they're – we get to see, you know, what this team's about. You know, right now, I would, I would have to admit that Texas is probably in the driver's seat uh, just because of the quality of the road wins at West Virginia and at Kansas. Uh, but obviously, Baylor can change that with uh, two wins the next two games. Ashley, what is the what is the weakness of this team right now? Uh, I would say they are not elite at rim protection. Uh, they've got, you know, Flo Thamba, they've got Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, who are both capable rim protectors, but uh, there are some weaknesses inside. Some of the better bigs have, have been able to uh, get, get theirs in, inside in the paint. And, and also those bigs are still work in progress as far as how they hedge ball screens. Uh, that's probably, you know, the area. Uh, they don't have a reliable low post scoring threat. Then again, today's college basketball, yeah. finding a, a reliable low post scoring threat is becoming more and more rare. But, uh, you know, I, I think those are the two areas where they have to get better. Uh, obviously, their perimeter scoring and their perimeter defense is elite, and uh, that's really what they hang their hat on. Ashley, when you look at the uh, last couple of games here with conference play starting, uh, Iowa State and TCU, they go on the road in those games. They, they get comfortable wins. But in each of those games, I noticed the first half, you know, it's it's a bit of a struggle, then they get going in the second half. Is there any reason that that appears to be happening, or is it just a, a small sample size and you're not chalking it up to much? Well, I don't remember what they shot the first half of the Iowa State game from three, but they were one for ten from three, and they were all really good looks. I mean, they weren't like, you know, bad, forced, end-of-the-shot-clock type shots. They were open looks that just missed. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the the uh, curses of having a perimeter-oriented team is there's going to be nights where you're cold and you just have to you know gut out some some gritty wins. Now now both of those games they pulled away at the end, but but they shot poorly in both of those games in the first half, and and I would attribute the close score to to mainly you know being 10% from the three point line will will always uh, will do that to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ashley, I'm looking at this team. I'm looking at what the expectations were last year before the season was canceled. I mean, Baylor fans, are they looking at this as kind of, hey, final four or bust type season? Is is that really what the goal is? Is it higher than that? Is it national championship game or bust? Like, what, what are the expectations in Waco? 
So the expectations are high. Obviously, I think the fans would love to see a Big 12 Conference Championship number one. And then, you know, if you do that, you're, you're a number one seed. And if you're a number one seed, your chances of getting to a Final Four are much greater. You know, I think it's 43%, something along those lines of, of a number one seed getting to a Final Four. You know, most basketball fans know that there's a lot of luck involved yeah. in getting to a Final Four. Just because you're a number one seed doesn't guarantee it. You know, I would say my expectations would be uh, Sweet 16, Elite 8. You know, anything less than that would be a disappointment. Uh, I, I understand how difficult it is in a single elimination tournament, especially a single elimination tournament where one of your guys can test positive for COVID and, uh, you know, wipe out a key piece right before the game. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that overall uh, there is high expectations and, and those start with winning a Big 12 championship. And I was going through it, and, you know, I, I didn't realize, but with all this success this team has had, I, I, I thought they had maybe had a little bit more in the, uh, in the big dance than they previously had had, but it's, it's what, those two Elite Eights about 10 years ago, not that that's something to, nothing to scoff at, it's not, but uh, th- there is a hump, it seems like, to get over, and I would say, Scott Drew, uh, this is a year to do it. Is he feeling that pressure? Oh, I don't know if he's feeling the pressure. I, I, I think he's got one of the more secure positions for a college coach uh, in, in college basketball. He's got the program on the rise. He's had success in the past. They, they recruited a top five recruiting class. 2022 recruiting is going extremely well. You know, I, I think the big difference and the reason that uh, Baylor didn't advance further in the tournament in the past was they had, they've had top 25 offenses, according to Ken Palm, for probably 11 out of the last 13 years. Uh, but where they have not been elite until recently is defensively. Uh, but they've really taken the turn, you know, defensively. They've, they've ratcheted up their play, led by Mark Vidal and Davion Mitchell, two of the best defenders in college basketball. But Jared Butler, Macy Oteague have become elite defenders as well, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I think they have uh, defense that's playing at a championship level. And, you know, that's where I think it could take the program to new heights, you know, final fours, national championships. Uh, The jury's out on that. Obviously hard to do, uh, but they're on the right track to do that. And before we continue with Ashley Hodge, please don't forget, guys, to leave us a rating and a review on this podcast after the show. That helps us uh, tremendously keep growing the show. It's because of you that we can do it. And we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies. When you leave a rating and a review on the show, hit that subscribe button. And then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll let that koozie keep your beer cold. Because before you know it, it's going to warm up, all right? Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Send me that screenshot of your rating and review of this podcast. Ashley Hodge, one of the co-owners of Sikkim 365, talking Baylor Bears with us. Uh, Ashley, what would you say? I mean, Scott Drew's now pushing 20 years with the program uh, he took it over, obviously, under difficult circumstances. What he has done has been so impressive, and it's its really, I mean, it's been stable, right? I mean, what he's done has been stable. It's not a, a one-year, one-hit wonder type thing. You know, Baylor's going to be competing every single year in the Big 12 and in March. What is What has been the reason for that? I mean, is it university investment? Is it just Drew? What has made suddenly Waco, Texas, a place where guys uh, really want to go to play basketball? I think it starts with the culture. He's created a unique, outstanding culture. And, and it's been a lot of experimentation over the years and, and really 
finding the niche of, you know, what fits his personality and his coaching staff's uh, strengths well. Uh, he's got an outstanding coaching staff. You know, a lot of these guys have been together a long time, starting with Jerome Tang, who's been with him the full, you know, 18 years. And uh, John Jacobs, Alvin Brooks, uh, great coaches, and the whole staff top to bottom is elite, in my opinion. Uh, they do a great job scouting. They do a great job identifying Baylor, quote, players, you know, guys that fit their system well and can develop. You know, they, they do a great job of uh, promoting an unselfish culture where guys will redshirt and, you know, think about their future in a longer term view versus, you know, just uh, one of the coaches, uh, John Jacobs, always says, we don't want guys that rent Baylor. We want guys that are invested in Baylor and we'll invest in them. Uh, so I, I think all those things. And I was watching Bob Huggins. Uh, pre-game interview before the Baylor game, but the game got postponed. But uh, he, he mentioned this. He said, you know, Scott has really been ahead of the curve as far as getting transfers that fit the system well. He talked about Jonathan, you know, Chamwa Chachua, guy that averaged three points a game at UNLV. And, you know, Baylor identified, hey, this guy fits our system well. He fit, you know, he's got uh, elite energy, work ethic. We, we think we can develop him. We think he, we can get him a lot better after a redshirt year. And now he's averaging 9.7 rebounds for one of the top two teams in the country. So I, I think I think it's all those things together, you know. But I think it just starts with culture, and and it starts with a you know Christian focus uh, that's that's you know not phony. It's it's very uh, you know transparent that you know this is we 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 live for each other, we we die for each other, we play for each other, and you know the coaches emulate that. They don't. Uh, you know, they they emulate unselfishness, and I think it carries over to the team. And, and you see a team that works together and and uh, has, you know, fewer ego issues and, and fewer bad apples, so to speak, you know, once they've been able to kind of identify, you know, these guys are the guys that we win with and, and really kind of, um, you know, uh, look for those type of players. Ashley, as you look around the Big 12 right now, I mean, who do you see as, as the team that you think can give Baylor – at the best run for its money because this conference is stacked top to bottom. You know that. Um, I mean, you got four teams right in the top 15 here. So what are you looking at here as you look around the conference at the team that concerns you the most uh, going up against Baylor and possibly not coming off of that top spot? Well, I think you got to say Texas. I, I, I said this before the season started, but I think Texas is the most talented team in the, in the, in the conference, maybe the country. Uh, you know, they, they've had a few transfers out, but before they had transfers out, I think 11 of their 13 players were top 100 recruits. And, and uh, you know, like I want to say seven or eight of those were top 50 guys and, and experienced guys. I mean, guys like Matt Coleman, uh, Courtney Ramey, you know, they're, they've got guys now that are uh, Andrew Jones, obviously they've got some, got some uh, Jericho Sims. They got some experience. So it's not like they're, you know, a bunch of Greg Browns that they don't have any college ex experience, although he's, he's a sensational prospect. Uh, so I, I think, I think Texas has uh, the team that, you know, poses the biggest threat. I think they're a national title contender. Uh, Kansas, obviously, although they got blown out by Texas, um, Kansas is always dangerous and, and uh, very well coached and, and Texas tech, I, I think, you know, some addition by subtraction, I, I think losing Burnett and losing, Joel Matabwe probably helped them just to tighten up the rotations, give guys more defined roles. You know, sometimes you can have too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen. 
and and I think that helped Texas also losing Will Baker and Liddell. Uh, so so I, you know sometimes when you have guys transfer, it kind of tightens that rotation up, and it's a, it's a blessing because then you've got you know your players happier. They're not you know more disgruntled about minute distribution, and and so I think I think those are the four teams, and then maybe West Virginia. Uh, I think West Virginia obviously took a big blow with the loss of Oscar Shibway and uh, that, you know, kind of hinders their chances. But, uh, um, you know, those those four, Baylor, Texas, Kansas, Texas Tech are the ones in my mind that, that are contenders. Isn't this just fun, though? I mean, isn't isn't this just a hell of a time to be a Big 12 basketball fan, Ashley, with the way this team is or this conference has a double round robin and the depth that it does? I just I think it's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, we, we we didn't even mention Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Yeah, Those are good teams. Yeah, and, and tournament teams, and, and you know Oklahoma, a very impressive performance at Kansas without Brady Manick and uh, almost pulled that off. And you know they played Baylor uh, tough at times in Waco. You know uh, Baylor shot the ball well that day and, and played really good defense against them. But you know Oklahoma State obviously has the best potentially best player in the nation and Kate Cunningham. Uh, so so you know those seven teams. I think can beat anybody on any given night. Uh, TCU is capable. Obviously, I think Kansas State and Iowa State are going to struggle this year. Uh, and you know, it, it's they they don't have terrible teams, but but when you play these other eight teams in the conference, you're going to just pile up the losses pretty quickly because these other eight teams are pretty good. Can't wait to follow it. The Baylor Bears, obviously, the cream of the crop in the conference right now. He is Ashley Hodge. The co-owner of Sikkim 365, doing great job covering the Bears. Ashley, thanks so much for being here, man. Love the work you guys are doing, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. Great insight there with Ashley Hodge, Sikkim 365. I'm Pete Mundo. You guys are the best. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe to this podcast. We've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie for you. When you leave me that rating and review on the show, and then send me a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys. Have a, a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you very soon right here on the heartlandcollegesports.com podcast.